Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week in Review. We are in the middle of March. I'm joined by Carol. Hi, Paul. Uh, now, we are going to be a little bit transparent, so we're doing it a little bit earlier this week because of <laughs> some bit. things that are happening on uh, Friday, but there's still quite a bit to talk about, I think. All right. Yes. So, Paul, a major change for the HTA Review Reference Committee. What, if anything, should we read into that? Yes, so John Young, who was the Medicines Australia nominee, stepped down from the committee and has been replaced by the Medicines Australia CEO, Liz DeSoma. Uh, Look, it's not a great look. It's not a good look. This is regularly described as the most important reform process for 30 years. And what does it say about the industry's commitment to it? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed by it because of how it will be interpreted by some key decision makers. Which is it? Well, is this important to you or is it not important to you? Yeah. I mean, this was a part time part time job. The committee's met four times since December. The review is only meant to go to the end of the year, so that's presumably another seven or eight meetings. There will be work between, obviously. So, not sure really what's happened here. You know, I might interpret John's decision to depart as what's he saying about the review and where is it going? Is he seeking to remove himself because he doesn't like where it's going or the direction that it's going? The discussion paper, which is going to be critical in all of this, is being written, has been written and is probably in the very late stage of development. And that will be a seminal document. I don't think we'll see too much in that that's going to be very positive for the for the proponents of reform. But we don't we don't even have the finalised terms of reference yet. So it's a very it's a very confusing situation. I'm sure that uh, Medicines Australia leadership is frustrated by the circumstances and having to deal with this. They're probably frustrated by the appearance going from. A retired, semi-retired, very former global executive who had spent time in Australia to the CEO of Medicines Australia who sort of lives and breathes it every day. It's a very big shift in, in approach. So I'm not really sure what to make of that, but people will make of it what they want. But more importantly, the industry has to get its head and the proponents of change need to get their head around the fact that this is a bureaucratic review of technical inputs to HTA decision-making. This is not a corporate process where it's about collaboration and win-win outcomes, mutually beneficial outcomes. This is a medieval process (laughs) where the government is going to use this as a platform to progress the change that it wants and get you to agree to it. So the mindset that people take into this review process is really, really important. And And if you're not willing to be uncomfortable, disagreeable, (laughs) have difficult conversations, then this is not the review for you. People have to understand that in order to win one thing, one battle, you have to fight every single battle in these processes. The, The notion that we just need to pick our battles is just so naive. So the job description is be willing to be disliked. Yes. Universally. Yeah. And ready for a fight. Every day. Ready for a fight every single day because in order to win one 
outcome, you're going to have to fight absolutely everything. The idea that you can negotiate a path like it's a corporate process is is just wrong. This is a brutal knockdown, <laughs> a tough, tough process. And so you've got to take the right mindset and posture into that. And if you're not willing to be disliked, then it's not for you. You know, this would be would be my view is that there's got to be a, a, a you know, I'm not talking about open, disrespectful conflict. I'm talking about standing your ground on really important issues, taking a set of principles into this process and being clear about what it is that you're seeking to seeking to achieve. That that is a mindset that the industry that sits very uncomfortably with the pharmaceutical industry, which is almost entirely comprised of incredibly nice people. <laughs> And 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 that's 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 fantastic. It is just lovely people, but that's not going to make you successful in this process. You, you, there has to be a willingness to have very difficult conversations, and if and if that willingness isn't there, then a new approach and new personalities will be required. Now, is Liz going to do that? Well, uh, I suppose the advantage of having the CEO of Medicines Australia is that. She has direct line of sight of the issues that those companies are dealing with every single day and why certain aspects of reform are required. The challenge John had, I think, was that he was disconnected from the domestic environment. somewhere else. Well, he was living on the other side of the world, which made it obviously very difficult and hadn't had contemporary experience of Australia. So he, he certainly had made a big contribution over the years when he was chair of Medicines Australia and led Pfizer. Some very seminal reforms occurred under his leadership, and he was very highly regarded by people in government. Government on these matters in 2023 is very different to what it was 15 years ago, and that means a new and modified approach is required, and I'm all for respectful engagement. I think that's a a matter of course, but you've got to be able to fight and be willing to fight on matters, core matters of principle, and do not concede. Mm. And yes, it's going to make you unpopular, and yes, it's going to <laughs> make it uncomfortable in that reference committee. Change is very hard to achieve, particularly when you're dealing with government and its officials who don't particularly like the change that you want. We go forward now. Who knows what to read into this decision, but it's certainly not a good one. But maybe maybe on a positive note, it's an opportunity to for the industry and other advocates of change to, okay, well, let's revisit our approach to this thing because at the moment the process is clearly being manipulated to get Mm. a particular outcome. Okay. April is fast approaching with companies and patients still dealing with what are in some cases very significant price reductions. What's the latest? (sighs) Well, this is two weeks away and the final pricing data has not been released yet because – I think we're still waiting on a couple of outcomes. Now, they may come between us recording this and when it goes online, but there is at least one more notifiable instrument that should come. We will see, but that obviously has to be very, very soon. You know, Obviously, patients who are losing access to medicines are dealing with it. Companies are dealing with it. Look, and I don't think – this is, this is not good in the sense that not just patients losing access to medicines, but – Hundreds of jobs have been lost across the industry. I, do, I, I really do hope that as the year goes on, and I suspect we haven't seen all the delistings yet, though some will come in a couple of months, I think, once the heat sort of died down a little bit and the focus has moved elsewhere. I really do hope that the industry takes this as, as a lesson and an opportunity to re- reflect on how it approaches these processes because I don't think anyone could argue that this has go- gone or is going well. It's... Mm. 
it's uh, been very difficult for some companies and difficult for companies is a euphemism for difficult for people. And that, that can be the employees of those companies but also the patients who are, who are affected. And we haven't even got to all the secondary effects of this of these reductions yet, which will which will come. But people should keep watching because there are still outcomes to be released. Mm, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> and hopefully we don't need to do a quick edit. <laughs> That's tomorrow. right. That's right. Well, well. So who knows? I ho- I sort of hope we do because I, if it's a notifiable instrument, hopefully it means that a company has got relief who wouldn't otherwise got it. So yeah. so I don't mind if we've we've missed that. <laughs> But, but it's certainly going down to the uh, to the very last yeah, minute. Cutting it fine. They're cutting it fine. Oof. Okay. Questions from you guys. As a patient organisation, we are often invited into policy and review processes at certain points, rather than being included from start to finish. How can we change this? That's a really good question, and I think it emanates from a conversation I had with a patient group earlier in the week. Well, I think. The expectation has to change. It's not really good enough for the government to invite industry into a room, lock the door and then yeah. issue the outcome by fiat and then consult patients. It's not, it's not how you should run policy or review processes for a public health program. There are con- two consumer representatives on the HTA reference committee is that enough? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think patients should be a lot more demanding of government and and the industry in terms of their involvement in processes. Don't accept being excluded. Okay, but what's the blueprint for that? Well, been a lot more outspoken. I think in the last few years, what's developed is this mindset that it doesn't dominate, but but I see it a lot. It was that patient groups don't want to speak out against the government. Yeah, and that that is a very recent recent phenomenon and I don't think it's serving patient groups well at all. I think it is entirely legitimate for patient groups to be uh, to speak out against the government policy or a lack of a policy or a bad decision. But patient groups are scared. They're scared. They're losing their funding. They're scared and we, we see that with the, with Kate at the CCDR. Oh, yeah, the way being she, bullied mercilessly. Being, being bullied and there needs to be more – more people willing to speak out and it's only by speaking out and activating and the industry supporting that that we're going to achieve change. Yeah. Eventually that, that, will, that will drive change but, but there should be no willingness or acceptance of, to, to accept bad outcomes, just none, none at all. It's easy for me to say that. I don't rely on funding from the government and I don't but, – but the idea that your funding will be withdrawn or you won't be invited into the inner circle if you speak out, that's a much if, – if that's the problem – then we have a much bigger problem yeah. <laughs> that we have to get our get our heads around that that government has become malevolent towards people who speak out. And I would remind everyone that this is almost unique to health. And in fact, it's unique. It's a unique to one area of health. Any other part of government, particularly federal government, they fund organisations who turn around and throw it right back in their face. That's the basic expectation in our in our system of government. But for some reason, in health. <laughs> People, there, there is, there is this idea that uh, patient groups need to be deferential. Well, I guess for patient groups, this is health is number one, mm. and this is their health. This is or their kids' health, or yeah, 
life and death for some of them. Yeah, and there's no – it's a very inequitable situation because some patient groups are obviously huge and well-resourced mm. and, and others are not. You don't have equity in terms of being able to advocate w- within the system and so that, cr- that creates some um, unf- unfairness. But I think the whole thing starts with speaking out and th- those of us – those those in the industry who are listening to this, that, that sort of starts with you because if the pharmaceutical industry is not willing to speak out against bad decisions, then you can't really expect patients to. Yeah. Carol, thank you. Thanks, Paul. And uh, we will be back next week, everyone. Bye.